When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69 from any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. is going on everyone this is the go long podcast and we are on the road venturing throughout the greater western new york area we're in kenmore we've never been to kenmore fatty beer company this is a very quality establishment i'm glad we ventured north jim how about you i'm i guess i've never really been to kenmore i just considered it buffalo like i didn't know well we're south town guys we we, yeah. fr- we frown no, i think north town people frown on south towners okay and then we feel this anger toward north towners for how they feel about us i like being up all the way up north wherever we are yeah. right now i like it i, I like, like the it vibe in here tonight yes it's it's some great people great beers i'm working a little uh little minky doodle sour because it's getting warmer around here so raspberry sour ale yeah we had a nice tease of a day today well when you when you have a guest like this jim you, be, you better have a couple one. pops in you because you know that this guest is going to bring the heat and we've got a lot of western new york listeners a lot of buffalonians and i think that they they miss him dearly because oh, yeah. when, <laughs> when he was here he was number one in your program. He was number one in your hearts. But in all seriousness, Mike Rodak, our special guest here, coming to you live from Alabama, AL.com, beat writer, all things Alabama sports. He, uh, I mean, he covered you and Doug. Uh, he was another beat writer there on the Bills when I was on the beat, and he did it as well as anybody. He is old school. He's got a rough edge to him, Jim, that frankly is lacking across the country. If I can say, if I can say so, I think there's, you know, I'm going to sound like an old man now, Mike, but you know, we're both fathers of two and mid thirties. You still have hair. I'm, I've been bald since I was 18, pretty much. But you know, you look around and there's a lot of pandering, a lot of ass kissing, a lot of just everybody just trying to cover teams through a very you know, rose. I don't, I don't want to put it. Just you know, just rose-covered glasses. Yes. yes. Don't they, ruffle they, feathers. All that. This isn't. I'm not even talking about Buffalo. I'm talking about the whole country. In general, there's good people in every beat. But Mike just had a, a hardness to him that I believe is is lacking generally. So we have to bring him on because we've got to talk Bryce Young. We've got to talk NFL draft, and we'll definitely sprinkle in a little Buffalo Bills action. But Mike. I don't know if that really was the introduction you were looking for. I probably could have gone a lot of different directions because you're also, you know, one of my best friends in the biz, and we could share stories for uh, a rated R podcast one of these days for some of our running around Buffalo back in the day. Sure, wives would love that. Um, yeah, no, I'm jealous. You guys were out drinking on a Monday night. I used to do that when I had kids. And- here I am in the office, thirteen central time, talking to you guys. So I'm happy about that. So what's it like at the Rodak household on a Monday night? Like what? You know, you don't get too personal here. But you got two kids. You know, we all go through the process. Is it? 
you, you got to cut off the bluey at a certain time, right? I mean, there's maybe maybe you go for a nice walk. It's nice down there. So the biggest thing lately for us has been frozen. My four-year-old son suddenly discovered Frozen two weeks ago. This movie came out, what, like 10 years ago? But he probably watched it 15 times in the last week. So every single morning. And he got up at 5 a.m. today. So I had to turn on Frozen at 5 a.m. You know, Frozen 2 after school. And then Frozen before dinner. Frozen after dinner. Frozen after bath. And I'm sure tomorrow morning, Frozen again. So it's not bluey, but it's frozen, popical. It's a lot of that stuff. Next thing you know, your brain is going to be frozen with all that frozen. That's that's a lot. That's probably a little. I, don't know, I mean, that, that's extreme. And we 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 through you know Encanto and Moana and the bluey apps, but that's that's quite a bit of frozen. Are you in that that boat at all? No, the movie mode I haven't hit too hard yet. Bluey. Bluey's good. Monster trucks. He's three right now, so he's into the, the monster trucks. Yeah. Little Bluey. I force I force a little college basketball and whatever the bet of the day may be. <laughs> Maybe horse racing. It may be. You never know, Mike. You never well, know. that's the key. I mean, I took Ella to a Sabre game, and now she wants to watch hockey. She says, Dad, I want, I want to get some hockey on the TV. Key so, word being watch, yes. not bet. Yeah. No, she's not. She doesn't have uh, you know a sports book app pulled up on the phone quite yet. So we'll daycare though. She can start taking bets in daycare. Here's a good question though, a good dad question. Would you rather your kid get into sports gambling or TikTok first? Hundred oh, percent sports gambling. I hate. TikTok. I agree. I just feel dirty having it on my phone. It's like, oh, you have it on your phone. Oh, yeah. We might have to cut this short, Mike. That's pretty I know. gross. Chinese are watching those right now. Most people are to say. Is it, is it one of those things? So is it – maybe I'm really out of touch with it because I hate it. I think it's you – know, we're, we're kind of making everybody just brainless zombies falling off a cliff, just a bunch of lemmings at this point with TikTok. I, it's awful. But it, for your job, like, do you need it for your job? Like, are players on there? Do you have to like know what's going on in the yeah, world? Yeah, some players are. Um, I mean, sometimes there's people around players that are saying stuff about players on TikTok. That's another thing that has come up around here. Um, but mostly it's Instagram. Mostly there wasn't anything happening with Alabama sports these last few months, really. No, so no. I don't know. A couple months, football season ended. Haven't had anything since. <laughs> Good God. I mean, let's just get into it. I mean, what's yeah. this year been like for you, Mike? I mean, you cover Nick Saban, Alabama football, which is, I mean, king in the South. Forget right. the state of Alabama. Like, good luck to any NFL team trying to gain traction in the South because it's right. SEC country, it's Alabama country. So that is like a monster unto itself. And then you think, okay, like this season wraps up and, you know, kind of just hit cruise control. Maybe a couple mile miles per hour over the speed limit into basketball and be nice, nice easy season. And then you just cover like the number one story in all of sports with Brandon Miller and everything that happened, which we talked about at the combine. You know, we, you share detail with me that I had no clue went down in that case, but you've got to be at the forefront of that story. And you're raising two kids. 
how in the hell are you looking, you know, so chipper right now with a you, know, you got a nice glow to you, Mike. I'm not gonna lie. You, oh, you, you, well, you look good. Much of the lighting, but yeah, no, it's like it used to be you covered the NFL and you know, with the way the bills were back then, like most of January, February, you're going to Alabama with watching coffee and eating wings and drinking beer. With covering college sports, like all football season ends, and you're right into college basketball. In college basketball season, two games a week, every single week from November until March. And this goes the number one team Alabama was. Um, for a decent little time, and yeah, there's a, a murder. Um, the players get arrested you know, indirectly. He's not the one who fired the shot, but he got kicked off the team. And then we found out later that the best player in the team was also there. Just a really tough story to cover, just because legally he didn't do anything wrong. Brendan Miller didn't do anything wrong, but obviously there's a lot of education judgment-wise. Um, but fans, you know, viciously defending Alabama, viciously defending Brandon Miller, attacking the media, attacking the opposing fans coming after him. He was just intense. Um, really just the last month up until they lost in the tournament. We knocked out early, and we all went home, and everything's been a little bit quiet since. But I mean, people were kind of broke for a while, and it's been a lot. Mike, this is probably obvious, but was that the reason they got bounced so early from that? That team, that basketball team, was loaded. I thought. Yeah, I mean, they were young. Like Miller was a freshman. They had two other freshmen starting. So the freshman thing could, right. Yeah, it kind of like, it, I think it rattled them a little bit. And Miller's staff last month. Um, the other freshman really dropped off. Like, you could tell as mentally it was affecting them. And they just got beat yeah. by San Diego State, which had was all fourth and fifth year guys. And then San Diego State goes to the final four. And Nate Oates, the next day, always says, like, veterans win is all basketball. He didn't really have a veteran. So they were young. I think you know they're mature, but like they kind of had to handle something that no other teams had to handle in quite some time. And they just kind of they ran out of speed. You could just tell like, they were completely worn down. It was mentally worn down. The whole program was kind of feeling depressing uh, naturally. They couldn't go any longer. How do you like living down there? I think people up here are wondering. All right, Mike, Mike Rodak, you know, he's in Buffalo, <laughs> living it up, having a good time. Now he heads to Alabama. What's life like? Do you enjoy it? Is this yeah, home forever? It's, for, you? for yeah, definitely the foreseeable future. I can't. I I will never say never, as a, as a good friend once said. But um, it's it's great. I mean, it's people kind of like view Alabama a certain way, and I think they have like. A picture in her mind of like clueless people walking around with straw hats and you know chewing on toothpicks and stuff like that. It's not what it is. Like I think it's like any other where I live near Birmingham. It's like any other suburb in America. It's really nice. In fact, um, like take Williamsville, take East Aurora, and combine them together, and kind of where I live, and it's great. Um, 
Jackson's so, got to be a lot better. I mean, how? Yeah, yeah, definitely better from that. And that's the other thing, too. People, like, not have a certain, like, political box they want to fit everything in. And you can't really fit Buffalo in a box. You can't fit Alabama in a box as much as like, people want to. There's a lot of diversity and just people you meet and what their thoughts are. So it's fine. Like, it's not – I don't think it meets. I don't think it fits a stereotype. I don't think Buffalo fits a stereotype either. No. People outside of Buffalo obviously have all sorts of thoughts about that, and people inside Buffalo get really mad and defensive about that. And it's kind of the same way down here. Like people get defensive about how people view Alabama. When yeah, I mean, right, rightfully so too. Right, I yeah. get defensive about that stuff. Yeah. So I, I love it, and it's not. I mean, again, there's you see pockets of it that you might like picture in your head, but. Uh, reality, everyday life is not really like that. I love Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, it's like one of those underrated, greatest food cities you will ever, ever come across that people don't think about. But it is that's how I judge every city is just on food. <laughs> so, Birmingham, thumbs up. Well, you know what? I, I didn't, I can tell you this as a scout, I tried to never stay in Tuscaloosa. I would always, obviously. Birmingham, that's a quick drive. Yep, quick I make drive. it. I made it today. My wife makes it every day. Like we, we live in Birmingham. Like I don't mind Tuscaloosa, but it's a college town. Like if you want to be surrounded by fifty thousand college students and that's your vibe, like go for it. But I'm in my thirties now. Like it's not not what I'm feeling. Um, Birmingham's great. Like it's in those eyes to Buffalo. Um, it's smaller than Charlotte or Atlanta or Nashville, but it's kind of got you know similar vibes in some ways because it's southern. But you know, it's just an old industrial city that's kind of coming back, and people enjoy living here. I'm one of them. Yeah, I mean, I remember going down there for a, a story on Bart Starr when I was in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I really enjoyed it. You're right, underrated city. Underrated city. I liked it. Yep. Mobile. <clears throat> So we've been there for the Senior Bowl. That's kind of its own little world. I remember feeling a certain way about Mobile when I was – God, it might have been 2015. You and Doug were there. I just remember seeing like a stray dog in the parking lot outside the stadium. And I felt so bad for that dog. I'm like, it just – you know, he had no home, no owner, just hanging out, good-looking dog. I kind of wanted to just take him in and – Treat him like a service animal and fly him on back to Buffalo. So you drive around Alabama enough, you'll see it every single place you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's dogs yeah. everywhere. 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 Is that a thing? Oh yeah. In Alabama? Oh okay. yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure that our listeners, this is exactly what they popped on this podcast for. <laughs> to hear about Alabama? Yes. It's all that the Alabama talk. But we brought you on to Alabama football. I That's don't think this kind of hit me. World attraction in Alabama. I mean, it kind of hit me earlier today, Mike. I mean, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure if anybody has seen more of Bryce Young than you, right? I mean, everybody with a mouth has an opinion on the quarterbacks in this draft. And a lot of it is based on, you know, a 10-minute highlight clip that they saw on YouTube and you're a draft expert and, you know, you frame things in 280 characters and the next thing you know, you you reel in the likes and the retweets and people take your opinion seriously when they never should have in the first place. You, you've seen the good. You've seen the bad. You've seen him in the SEC, which is the farmer system for the NFL. Um, I don't even know where to start this, but when you hear that Bryce Young is widely considered the best quarterback in the NFL draft, 
what crosses your mind as the person who has seen him more than anybody or as much as anybody? Well, I guess the first part of that is, is he widely considered the best quarterback? It does seem like there's a lot of people that would put C.J. Stroud in it. Maybe even an Anthony Richardson at this point. Yeah, I've had, I've been on radio shows where they're asking me, what's the difference between Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young? Um, and I think Bryce's quality is that he's accomplished a lot more statistically winning games-wise than um, Richardson, especially from C.J. Stroud as well. Um, you know, he didn't win a national championship as a starter, but they really should have two years ago. Uh, but I think if, if Jameson Williams and, and John Metchie stayed healthy and they both blew out their knees at the end of the year, they probably would have beaten Georgia uh, two years ago, and they were up on Georgia. Um, and then last year, you know, they, they weren't going to win a national title, but that was still a really good team, and Bryce was not the reason why they were held back. So he's, he's accomplished a lot, and I think that's sometimes people forget about that because they – you know, talk about traits and, and uh, numbers and all that. Bryce is, as a player has done a lot. Set the single game record at Alabama for passing yards. Um, you know, he's kind of torn up the record book, which is already torn up by Tua. Okay. So he might be the best of that bunch um, when all is said and done. When you look at Tua, Mac, and, and Jalen Hurts, you know, you can go back to Alabama quarterbacks before that. He has a chance to be the best. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who everybody's going to talk about the height. And I'm sure we'll get into that. And, you know, we're very opinion, but I do think it matters to some extent. I don't think it's like the end all be all trade about him. Um, but he's done a lot of Alabama. And I think people really like him down here. And um, Nick Saban is probably at the top of that list, too. Really? Because I'd love to get him in an honest moment. If you were to look at Mac Jones, Tua Tunga Viola, Jalen Hurts, and then Bryce Young, like if he, if, he, if Nick Saban were to honestly rank these quarterbacks, do you think he'd put Bryce Young number one? Yeah, I, I do. I think talent-wise, it's definitely there with Bryce. Um, with the the physical mobility, I think is kind of where it starts for him because you know he's the same size as Kyler Murray. Where he's 5'10, 204, and Kyler was 207 at the combine. They don't play alike at all. Like, Kyler's going to run around the field. He's probably run 10 times a game, 15 times a game if you let him. Bryce never wanted to run. Like, he even said it. He did make an NAL podcast at one point where he said, like, he had the stereotype about me because he's African American that he's fast, but people think he should be a running quarterback. And, like, Subconsciously or even consciously, himself, I'm not going to be that guy. I want to be the, the passing first quarterback. Um, and so there's actually times at Alabama when it's obvious, clear running lanes. You do like athletically, you didn't do it, and he wouldn't do it. He would continue to hold the ball. Athletically, it's all there. Like he's he's fast, he's quick. Um, really make guys miss. I know a lot of defensive players kind of got frustrated because they didn't really take him down. Not, just because, you know, not because he's a big guy, because he's so shifty. Um, and then just like the mental aspect too, I think, you know, and, and Max a smart quarterback. Who is a smart quarterback? I didn't cover Jalen, but you know, obviously he's so well for himself in the NFL. You know, I think Bryce is held in really high regard in terms of just his ability to 
I think Dan Jambaya even, even dropped it too recently where he had the best S2, uh, the cognitive you know test score that, uh, of the quarterbacks in this draft. So, yeah, I guess there's some improvements. He's got it up here and he's got it you know, with his legs too, and that's in his arm. So, kind of the whole package where I think he's got pieces of that between Mac and Tua and Jalen, but maybe not all of it together. So what would concern you if you were drafting? What would concern you? Yeah, I think it's going to be how does the size – Alabama got around it a lot with, A, their offensive line being an SEC offensive line, you know, top third in the SEC at that. So the blocking was there for them. It's not always going to be in the NFL. And, but Bryce was able to kind of move and – there wasn't too many plays where he was just dropping back, sitting in the pocket. You know, the line formed a nice little pocket around him. He was always kind of moving around. He's in the gun all the time. So he was able to kind of find those lanes. Um, but that's, that's all going to tighten up in the NFL. And I don't know how much – there's going to be more times when he's just sitting back in the pocket and he has to look over six foot six guys, six foot seven guys. And there's not going to be an opportunity to kind of weave his way between them and the um, So that that is what concerns me. Um, and there was a play that kind of slipped in my head the old Miss game last year, where it was sort of one of those situations where it's a clean pocket, he's kind of sitting back, there's no pressure in his face, throws the pass, and it just gets batted down. Because, you know, there's six foot seven, six foot eight, six linemen in front of you with his hand up. Um, that it's, it, it, it's a controlled environment. Even if you're blocking good, you play calls good, and everything's working, he's just sitting back and make that play work in the NFL. Because he's really good at the improv stuff. He's outside the pocket, things are moving around. Um, but that's not going to happen all the time. So that, that would concern me. Uh, you know, from a ability standpoint, like the size matter, just being smaller makes you more injury prone. Like I don't know empirically if that's there, but uh, he did have an injury this past year that was more his fault. He was falling out of bounds, threw on his shoulder, and kind of was like an AC joint sprain. But it wasn't anybody falling on him. It wasn't a sack, and he's been sacked. He's been hit pretty hard. Like there's been some pretty. Just sitting in the press box, like man, people kind of go, ooh, like he's kind of back, and he's gotten right up, and there hasn't really been that injury that's happened from him getting hit, you know, by a pass. Again, that could happen in the NFL. It could be that he's because he's smaller, he's more prone to that sort of thing. I, I kind of like this point. So I just pulled up. Uh, so Bob McGinn had his initial top 55 at go along td.com. They'll start a series next week. I was blown away by how much the NFL scouts love Bryce Young because you know these scouts that Bob talks to are they can be hyper skeptical, hyper critical to the point where it you know offends people in what's become such a soft society. Just look at some of the reaction to the Jalen Carter breakdown today. But they love, I mean, they love Bryce Young. On the injuries, one scout said he's just little. So if you take him, you've got to live with it. Everybody's pretty much hurt nowadays, no matter what your size is. 
Josh Allen gets hurt and he's a giant. He has the anticipation, the vision, the arm is live. And, and a, a different scout said this is when Chicago saw the first pick. They should take him. Like, even with Justin Fields, it's a no-brainer to him. You take Bryce Young. You know, and I I get the point where it's like, okay, if, if he is Russell Wilson, like Russell Wilson played at that size his whole life. So he knows how to kind of maneuver to create his own passing windows and play make his way. And the NFL game has changed so much. We almost have to take the rules that we've lived by for years and years and years, even up to the last couple, a couple of years ago and throw them out because if you're in the right system and you've got the right quarterback and he's got ability and he's proven it, I, I've got no reason to think he can't do it in the NFL, right? Like, why, why can't he make those plays in the NFL? In the SEC speed, it's not the NFL speed, but it's as close as you're going to get. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'd take him first overall, but what, what they say a lot is put, put on the Texas tape. So, you, you covered that game when he threw the team on his back. What Are people right to kind of point to that game and say, all right, that's, that's why you take Bryce Young first overall? Yeah, well, I actually wasn't at that one. I was on a paternity leave for the first. Oh, all right. Eight games, seven games of the season, first eight weeks. So. You were changing diapers. I was, I was but I was watching the game. PPTPs. Uh, I, I can still speak on it, but that was, I think, you know, cause there's always been that knock against Alabama quarterbacks that historically you know, they go to the NFL and they're not good um, because of – a, the system that they were running, I think that was probably more true like 10, 15 years ago when you're talking Greg McElroy and A.J. McLaren and John Parker Wilson and those guys who essentially they were just handing the ball off to Mark Ingram or Trent Richardson or Derrick Henry um, or they were throwing the ball to Julio or throwing the ball to Amari Cooper. Like life was very simple for their quarterback. Elton really changed the system six, seven years ago where they went up-tempo, they went Fred, they went pass heavy. You know, Lane Kiffin kind of came in and, and started changing a lot of that. Um, and then you had the Jalen, Tua, Mac, Fred. And those quarterbacks do a whole lot more than what those old quarterbacks did. But people still knock those guys because they were thrown in Devontae Smith. People said Mac Jones wasn't good because he was thrown in Devontae Smith. No, Tua was thrown the Waddle and Ruggs and Judy. And everybody kind of discounted the Alabama quarterback. Well, this past season, that wasn't around Bryce Young. He had Jameer Gibbs, who was probably the best offensive skill player. Um, he was kind of like a safety guy. We couldn't really push the ball down the field by throwing your running back. The wide receivers were just not there this year for Alabama. It's probably the worst wide receiver group they had in at least five or six years. And so Bryce had to carry the team on his back just by kind of making plays himself and trying to find the tight end, trying to find the running back, trying to push the ball down the field that way. And that's what he did in the Texas game. Uh, he lost the Tennessee game. But he still actually led a pretty good comeback in that game. Yeah, I remember watching that game. He was incredible. In a really tough circumstance, too. I mean, there's 102,000 people, Tennessee fans, were trying to beat Alabama for the first time in 17 years. And, like, that's a really hard environment to kind of bring your team back in, especially if you don't have the guys around you that you once did. Um, and that was, I think, what really impressed Nick Saban. And even the LSU game that they lost, he brought him back in that game, too. So, he has kind of like this 
stillness to him, um, just where he's not phased by those situations. I don't think Mac had that. Like Mac, you can rattle Mac a little bit. Um, you know, Tua to some extent had it, but Bryce definitely has kind of that. You know, the situation is is against you, but I think somebody even said he was smiling in the huddle when they were down in the Iron Bowl and they're losing in Jordan Hare Stadium in Auburn and after five yards for the touchdown, he's kind of smiling the guys around him. And that, I mean, that that matters. You don't want to have that Halter Skelter twitch to your psyche in those moments. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do. Some of the best quarterbacks do. That's why they have the records that they have on Monday Night Football and don't win in the playoffs. So he, he was just laughing, smiling, loving life. Yeah, but he's not like he's not a loose personality either. He's He's honestly a really boring guy, um, and I mean that in a good way. Like I think NFL teams, from like if they're doing their character checks on him, or you know, from a just a mental makeup standpoint, like there's really nothing off the field that I think would worry any team about him. Um, just a really boring guy that just loves basketball. Actually, he loves football. Like he's always just kind of grown up around those two sports, but. I, there's definitely guys on this Alabama team where I would worry about them off the field. There's just a guy who was arrested for driving 140 miles an hour with, you know, like pound of weed in his car or something like that. Um, that's not Bryce. You know, like Bryce is the kind of guy who's sitting at home at nine o'clock and five o'clock and watching film. Like literally, I do believe that with him. Um, that's kind of way his dad brought him up. Like kind of made to be like an NFL player from a sort of standpoint. Um, so, again, it's I think it's always just kind of been with him that way. Talking to us, too. Like, Bryce is very, very boring with us. I think teams will love that. Kind of like a computer program sometimes uh, when you're asking questions at a press conference and he just kind of he has a similar answer that he would just kind of spit out and He's good that way. He's he's very unflappable. You can't really get him to say anything. You can't really let him deviate off of off of uh, kind of that focus that he has. I didn't hear anything bad. I didn't hear one thing that would scare me away. I haven't I haven't studied him on film, but not. I didn't hear one thing. If size is the issue, like you said, you know what you're getting. So it's either you you're okay with it or not. You know, and I even kind of, I guess you really do have to look at these quarterbacks on such a case-by-case basis because, I mean, gosh, a couple of years ago doing one of our several Jordan Love stories, like part of the reason I kind of started to fall in love with Love's game is at Utah State that last year there was just total chaos everywhere. I mean, he was missing starters on his line and all of his weapons were graduated or injured. It was just... It was just not good. I mean, so he had to play, make, and create, and improvise, and like that's the NFL. You better be able to make those plays. And you look at the quarterback in the same draft class in Tua Tonga Viola, where he's taking that five-step drop, he's able to kind of pat the ball, look down the field, and oh, hello, there's Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, you know, beating a corner by seven yards, and anybody, I, we, we can make that throw. So. Yeah, it's tough. But I think that Tua has proven that he does have that superpower of anticipation. Where he, he can see things. He, I mean, he, he, it's, he does have a rare trait 
it just took three years for all of us to see it with the right coach and the right weapons where he's going to hit a guy as he makes his cut. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not going to have a strong opinion one way or another. We just have to look at these guys in, in, in their own game, in their own situation, and, and really get to know them on an individual basis. What about, like, just the, the case? So you, you're in the SEC, so you've seen Anthony Richardson. And I'm going, gosh, I was so – seeing what these scouts said about Bryce Young and watching him probably more than any college player just as a casual fan, it seems like a no-brainer, right? Like, this is who you take if you're the Carolina Panthers and you trade it up and you gave up – like, you give up all this ammo, you gave up so much for that first overall pick, you better get it right. That's the safe pick. That's a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. But then, holy hell, you see the kind of things that Anthony Richardson could do at his size, with his speed. And I know we can't look into the combine too much and pro days too much. But isn't that kind of – I mean, if, I guess the counter-argument is if you're going to give up that much to get the first overall pick, shit, take the big swing. Like, go, for, go all in. Like, what are you scared of? If you, if you believe in your coaches and you believe in what you're building and this is somebody that can run away from everybody and throw it out of the stadium and do everything you could ever want on a quarterback, isn't that Mahomes, Josh Allen, just the rare talent that you're looking for a quarterback? Why, why be afraid? Go for it. Yeah. I mean, I think Mahomes probably showed more of a help than, than either of those guys. I think if you're drafting Richardson, you're drafting him to be the next Josh Allen. But there's a lot of examples of guys who were drafted that way and it turned into Josh Allen. Um, and you know, the odds are probably against that happening. And I think if it truly was there for Richardson, you probably would have seen a little bit more of it by now, um, given the time that he had at Florida. And if he goes to Carolina, it's not like you're putting him into an ideal circumstance either. Like, you got to sort of show it no right DJ away. Moore now. Yeah, within – Within the first like year and a half to two years, like, that's kind of your window. Otherwise, the way the NFL goes, things are just going to turn right along and you're drafting somebody else. So it's not like you have this really long runway to get into Richardson, take that piece of clay and mold them into this masterpiece. Like it's still got to happen within a, a reasonable amount of time. Um, you know, it's, I didn't watch a ton of him, like SEC East games, I can't say I caught a ton of. The one game they played against Alabama, Richardson actually got hurt the week before because he was running like 75 yards for a touchdown and, and pulled his hammy and then had to miss the game against Alabama. And Emory Jones started, and he was not great. Uh, much more limited guy. So, you know, I haven't seen a ton of Richardson. I, I certainly – I know the stats aren't totally there. I think Mike Florio had the stat, you know, his completion percentage – he had some study that he cited that like completion percentage and games started are the two most tightly correlated things from a college quarterback that I felt the best. Um, That's a new one. I haven't. I gotta see this one. Yeah, I, I remember reading that maybe three or four weeks ago, and he basically said like Richardson doesn't really check either of those boxes. But granted, Josh Allen didn't either. Um, and that's kind of like the well, but sort of case now is Josh. And that worked out. And you have the height and the size and the speed. There's there's people out there that think that they can turn you into what they want you to be. Um, 
kind of like your girlfriend. Like, you got the right measurables. And you kind of <laughs> it's like, but sometimes there's just certain things you just can't change about people. Uh, so if it's not there, then it's right. Not- what, what, what are you really rationalizing? What, what, what needs, what, what can't be corrected there? Right. It's, it's like, well, you know, there's, there's only so far you can go. And I'm not, like, again, I don't have firsthand knowledge on what Richardson's good at or any of that. I'm just saying, like, in terms of what, how they perform in college and what they've done against the defense is clearly out of the front. But, as you guys know, like, it's not always about production, it's about trade. And there are traits about Richardson that are clearly superior to Bryce, you know, men and size, but there's also a lot of traits about Bryce that I think are superior to a lot of people. And you watch him play, and he's just, he's got an agility and a shiftiness to him that's, I think, really important to his position. Um, and the vision, he's kind of a, the combination of his arm and his eyes. It's like a point guard in basketball. That's what a lot of people have compared him to. I remember covering the SEC championship game, and that's, that's what the coach said. It's like he's a point guard, and he sees the court, and he, he doesn't have to necessarily even look at guys. He just the arm and the eyes are connected, and he can get the ball to where it needs to be. There's even in that SEC championship game two years ago against Georgia, Bryce is running down the field, doesn't even look at Brian Robinson, his running back, who's you know probably four o'clock to his right, and just pitches the ball over to him when he's about to get hit. Robinson catches it and then it's kind of that that sixth sense, um, you know, John Stockton type of deal where he grew up playing basketball. And I think he, he kind of has that in his in his DNA. Man, that's great stuff, Mike. I mean, here's what so a scout told uh, told Bob on Anthony Richardson. Quote, he's a raw athlete. He's got a little Vince Young in him. I'm sure he's a better kid and smarter. He's a freak athlete, but he's a long way as an NFL passer. I mean a long way. You're rolling some big dice if you take him in the first round, or you have a lot of rocks in your head. They were not kind, the scouts. Um, this was early in the process. So I would think maybe there's even – and I'd like to ask you this, Jim. So if scouts feel a certain way about Anthony Richardson, and so I, I, a totally different scout said this. Florida had a bad season, and this guy was the reason they had a bad season. He was so inconsistent, but at the combine, he'll have the strongest arm there, and people will get all excited about him. He'll be a workout wonder. That's exactly what happened. He blew it up, and – Guilty as charged, I'm starting to kind of fall for this guy. I think that at 6'4", 244, my God, if you can run the way he runs, if you've got his arm strength, he has, he has a feel for the game. And kind of jumping ahead of the point, I, I want to get, on, get, get to Mike about as well. But I feel like accuracy for the longest time, we thought you either had it or you didn't have it, right? And, like, you get to the NFL, and if you're accurate, you're good to go. If you're not, good luck. But Josh Allen being the preeminent like example, you you can become more accurate. This, this is how we met. This is how we launched. Mm-hmm. Go along with the story, the series on Josh Allen. Like the pressure's on him. Is he going to become more accurate? Is he going to take advantage of this opportunity when his owner loved Patrick Mahomes? And he has proven to us all that you can improve like that element of your game. 
And now all of these quarterbacks have their own gurus, their own private coaches. They're spending six months in the offseason, like, correcting exactly what they – kind of like – look at the NBA where – for the longest time, if you were a good three-point shooter, you were a good three-point shooter. If you were a bad three-point shooter, you're not even thinking about it. Where now, it's like if you work on it in the offseason, you can become a good shooter. Le- LeBron couldn't shoot with shit early in his career. He worked on it, and now he's still playing. That could be accuracy in the NFL. So I, I feel like he can work on that. What you can't coach is highlights that we see of Anthony Richardson when – he just has a feel for where the rush is. He gets away from it. He shrugs you off. He's got physical gifts that you can't just inject into a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud for that matter. And there's going to be a team out there that maybe it's the Carolina Panthers that says, give me that. And he'll become more accurate. And we are going to have this absolute beast of a quarterback that you need if you're interested in winning Super Bowls, right? Because maybe that's what you need to win a Super Bowl. You need the free. You need somebody who can rise above all of the B-plus quarterbacks. They, Frank Reich strikes me as a coach who wants to swing big. Scott Fitterer just went through their veteran carousel. Dan Morgan's there. He was the assistant GM with the Bills when they drafted Josh Allen. I feel like there's enough kind of signs there that point toward Carolina warming up to Anthony Richardson, number one overall. Without watching him – I don't feel comfortable talking about him as a player because to me, you study every player based on what are they asking him to do and what throws is that quarterback completing that other guys can't complete. And I have to see that before I would even want to talk about Richardson because to your point, the the strong arm, the combine numbers that was known when he was in high school. So he's the same. Like we are, you already knew that. So there's nobody surprised I'm not, I'm not by. I'm going to diminish that. Though. That's you, well, but it, but it's not anything that you take note of as a scout. Like that doesn't. Oh, well, I can't believe Richardson. Original, like, yeah. Well, I can't believe Richardson blew it out the combine. Yeah, you can. He put up those numbers in high school as an athlete. You knew he was going to blow out the combine. I need to know what kind of throws he can make under pressure and what was asked of him. What were the throws that they were asking him to make? Until then, honestly, his resume says no. I'm saying that in two, like, three years, maybe he has the best potential to progress into fair enough. Yeah. a top five quarterback. That could be. That's just too. It's I'm a with, gamble. It's a huge gamble. Yeah. Like, but would you take it if you're running the show? No. Like if you're in that seat, you got the number one pick. You just traded everything that Carolina just did. Only if I thought he could throw. Like Lamar Jackson can throw. Lamar Jackson can throw the football. Like he needs to obviously do it and get into the Super Bowl. But you got to be able to throw. Okay. So until I watch him and see that, or say he can or can't, the other stuff wouldn't matter to me. Mike, the floor is yours. I'm with Jim. Like I, I, I want to see it beyond the numbers. You know, like I. Yeah. The combine numbers is always like my eyes always kind of glossed over like, when I was covering the league, like when I saw those, and probably even more so. Uh, I can tell you the, that's because you're at Kilroy's drinking beers with me. Mike. Well, that's why, that's why that's my eyes. Well, <laughs> don't worry, we were glossing over those numbers too. <laughs> Nobody in the NFL cares about the quarterback's combine numbers, right? It's like, why do we even do this? I guess it's just it's for TV. We don't know. Right. Yeah. And there's certain people like there's the draft people on Twitter, but um, it's 
it's like I want to see it. And in this case, like, like I said, I haven't really watched a ton of Richardson. It's always college football is tough. A because the really damn teams, like 130 plus now FBS teams, and there's no Thursday night games, there's no Monday night games. Everything's kind of no. Saturday, it's tough to, you know, Mac, or Friday night games in Pac-12. But it's like I wish I could see all these guys. Alabama game on Saturday. That's like the one thing I'm watching, and maybe I have time after to watch them later. But um, I just don't get to see a lot of these guys live. Like I can't say I've watched Will Levin. I can't say I've watched Anthony Richardson more than that. kind of makes it tough from like you know, the broader draft standpoint, or just talking about college football in general, but. Uh, you know, there are people out there who sit there with their six, eight different TVs and watch all these games on Saturday. I mean, but at that level, yet yeah, you're, you're watching Frozen for the 1,700. Right. <laughs> yeah, if I'm at home, my TV's on Paw Patrol. It's not watching metal football game. I can assure you of that. So, unfortunately, I can really I can't speak too much beyond Alabama, but that's that's not a huge problem to me, I guess. You know what, though? I mean, it is something to be said for your vantage point, though. I mean, you have seen Bryce Young to the point where, okay, this is somebody that can make the plays you have to make at the position. And I, I love your vantage point because you covered the Buffalo Bills. How many years were you here, Mike? Six. Six so, seeing the quarterbacks that you saw here, you, you drop Royce Young into that equation. How does he perform with this game? With yeah, the fourth no, rank, think, uh, with the fourth-ranked 2014 defense. defense. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Kyle Orton is out and Bryce Young is in. Or how would he look with Shady and Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins and exactly. Marquise Goodwin and Clay? And All right. Yeah, oh, no, I think don't you wish the timing was a little different here? Quarterbacks. <laughs> I I think he's better than Tyrod. That's I think kind of a good one. Um and that's not to say Tyrod is bad, but I think he, no. he offers more from a passing standpoint and a defensive standpoint. Yeah, it's and, and Tyrod, I think, was more run first, and, and Bryce is definitely more pass first, and I think he would have made good use of those guys that he had around him. Um, it's tough comparison with Josh because you're just looking at two different ends of the spectrum um, in terms of size and kind of how they came to get to where they are. You know, Bryce was from Pasadena, California. Um, you know, a prospect, five-star kid coming out, moved to USC, flipped over to Alabama. He's been in all these different like – 11 and all that. You know what, though, Mike? Yeah. They may look different and play right. different, but their expectations will be the same where they were drafted, right? Oh, of yeah. Yeah, and they're both top ten picks. They're both uh, top ten picks. But can he be the face of the franchise? Yeah. Exactly, and that's where they get to. And Josh is going to run over people and and deform them, and it's going to throw these eighty-yard bombs. And Bryce has an arm. Hey, Mike, Mike, Mike. They, yeah, they're taking that element out of his game. You heard? Oh Sean yeah, that's Brady. right. They can't take it out anymore. Right. That's priority number one this offseason. <laughs> not 
adding offensive linemen or maybe a, a weapon or two. It's Josh, reel it in. He either got to prolong his career or just go balls to the wall in the time that they have left. Go balls to the wall. I mean, God, look at all these yeah. quarterbacks in the last two years. They got injured in the pocket. It's such a myth that you get injured when you're running around. Yeah. It is. I, I get I get it that the hits add up. Don't get me wrong. But if you think you're going to change him six years into this thing, right. if you want to neuter it and sanitize his game and make him somebody else, then, okay, win the AFC East, and that's about as good as it gets. Right, and we talk about it you know, a lot, but it's like there's a – there's a time frame for Josh because of the way he plays. And exactly. Ready. And embrace it. Accept it and embrace it. Right. There could be a day when he's 30, 31, 32 years old. He's just not the same guy. Whereas other quarterbacks might go to 35, 36, 37 before that happens. So like that, there could be a time And it, that's why Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore has the easiest decision. Like, you already know. Okay. Yes. Lamar has a shelf life. Sure, they all do. You, what do you think? Like, yeah, you know, you have another five, six years. Like, right. do it. Don't, right. Like, right. I mean, the alternative is it's not. It's it's desperation. It's it's guessing and hoping and praying and tanking. Same with Josh. I agree. It's you. This, this is your shot. Pay him. This is what you paid him for. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. You're already a quarter billion dollars deep on him. We've already spent. I mean, they gave up a ton just to get Josh. I mean, just in terms of like the number one overall pick, essentially, is what it was worth. And then you go out, you spend basically two first round picks to get Diggs, right? To trade each one, whatever it was. I forget the whole deal. I don't, I don't work. I mean, on it. but you're you're giving up a lot of picks just to get those guys there. So why not try to use it? Oh yeah, it's the investment has been made. Yeah, yeah. The head coach will now be like we talk about. He is being watched closely at this point. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what though? It, when you're, it's one thing for anybody to talk in March and April, and it's quite another when it's third and seven, and a game is on the line, and you need to make a play, whether it's week one or the playoffs. The ball is in his hands, literally. So probably much to do about nothing. It is. It's his team. I mean, he's the richest employee at One Bill's Drive. He's in control. Like, he's in charge. <laughs> for, for better or worse, I mean, he, he'll, he be is. he'll be all right. So, all right, yeah. Mike. If there's going to be an argument over whether Josh is going to win, I think Josh is going to win that before Sean does. I think right. that's, that's Josh's one to decide. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to be able to just uh, reel that in when push comes to shove. All right, Mike. I miss it, though. I miss it, guys. Talking bills, drinking beer. It's the good old days for me. You're welcome anytime. I'm sure the fans would love to roll out the red carpet for you. You know, any day, any week. I think I remember seeing Mike at Osteria every some maybe possibly at the bar at Osteria. Maybe yeah. I stopped in there once or twice. I remember that. Good little spot. You embrace the city. Like we joke about the way fans treat you, but like you really were Buffalo and you covered the team in such a professional, like thorough way. And you love the city. You liked it here. 
this could have been home. Long oh yeah, that's like, you never know where life will take you. A big misconception too is like, oh, we're not hated Buffalo. I love Buffalo. Like I didn't leave. I know. It wasn't as if like, oh, I want to leave Buffalo. No, it was a. My wife was from Alabama. That's that's where we went. But um, it's the same thing. Like down here, like you know, there's fans who will kind of get on you, and it's like, oh, you hate Alabama. Go back to Buffalo. Like go back north. <laughs> <laughs> do you, so you, you got the go back to Boston when you were here. Do you get the go back to Boston? Oh, yeah. I got that. Like I said, this whole Brandon Miller thing is just kind of like fans, media going at each other. Uh, and there's fans on Twitter. They're like, yeah, you Yankee, like go back north. Or, you here. <laughs> and that's just like, again, oh, my God. I threw it in multiple places now. It's like, you're, uh, like, you're, you're like a man without a country. You're Edward Snowden. You're just kind of. You need, you need to seek asylum somewhere. Right. <laughs> Can't win, apparently. But, you know, fans are going to be fans wherever they are. It's kind of the same mentality. And yeah. That's why that's we... Part of, I mean, honestly, like, that is the best case scenario. Honestly, Jim, like, if you... Because if you're covering a team and nobody's saying anything... Like that's when you should get worried. It's almost like you're, you're you're playing in high school basketball, and your coach, if he's like riding your ass, that's probably a good sign. If he's just ignoring you and not correcting mistakes, he doesn't give a shit about you. Like you're, you're you're a lost cause. So Mike, the fact that you have this vibrant, active fan base means like you are unbelievably relevant, which not a lot of sports writers can say. Honestly, really, I mean, if there's a lot of people who cover NFL teams and. People probably don't care that much. So what are you doing? Keep doing what you do. You do it great. We miss you. We got to get you back up here for some for some reason. Somebody's got to get married or do something big that coaxes you back up. I'll, I'll have to find an excuse. It's definitely it's on our list. Like you said, everybody's coming out married now, so maybe we we'll have to wait until second marriage or something and go back up for that. But. We'll get there. I'll get there. Um, we can't go to the lodge anymore. I think it's shut down. That's like changed over like seven different times now, right? One of those. What's that? What? That's like changed over like seven different times now, right? One of those triple yeah, that, was our, that was our go-to brunch spot. Well, I'm I'm just mad that the uh, the bill opened a, a north town right after I moved away from the north town. I would have loved to go there when I was there. But. I'm telling you, the power rankings have adjusted since you've been here. If we're talking chicken wings, it's 9-11 Tavern. But Elmo's is right up there, too. And that's actually where we're going to redirect, potentially getting wings with one Tim Graham very soon. Well, So you'll have to be there in spirit with us. I'm sure that he eagerly awaits your, uh, your invitation there. So I wish I could join. You know what? We'll FaceTime you in, and uh, we'll, we'll pretend you're there. How about that? Sounds good, my man. Unless my you have man. to watch Frozen again, which oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Are, they, are they fast asleep? Are you good in the clear? They, they are fast asleep. We are we are in the clear, but it's been a pleasure speaking to both of you. You're the man, Mike. Good to see you, you brother. Let's, uh, you let's make sure we keep in touch beyond the podcast, too. Good to see you. Will do.